You ever sit down at your dinner table at night after you cook a long meal? Took you hours. You sit down at the dinner table and you start to eat it and you just look down and say, this sucks. Well, now you don't have to. Go to unitedharvest.com. Yeah, it's an ad. Tricked you. Unitedharvest.com to get high quality cuts of meat. I'm talking cross wasami angus beef. I'm talking American grass-fed lamb. I'm talking Hooterite pork. Canadian Hooterite pork. This stuff is incredible. I promise you will not be disappointed. Go to the website, unitedharvest.com. Type in the referral code, the promo code, FRIENDS15, all caps, FRIENDS15, for 15% off your first order, unitedharvest.com. I don't even know how to remotely start a podcast. I don't know how to start a conversation. That's a podcast. <laughs> if I could be any celebrity, I'd be Will Winner. Please, for the love of God, if you're listening to this and you still tuck your jeans and your boots, reach down, pull those bad boys out, all right? We're done with that. We're done with that. I am 97 pounds of... <laughs> Twisted steel and sex appeal. Next! I should have brought my recorder. I could have played Hot Cross Buns. Is that that illegal? (laughs) When our two moms listen to this podcast, they're going to be like... Our two moms. They're going to be super proud of us. Welcome (laughs) to the Keeper Pin. Welcome back, hookers. I haven't said that in a while. We're back. Um, We are so excited for this season. We keep finding more incredible women and these two we have two people on surprise have built an empire and it's an empire that we all know and if you don't know it then I'm sorry but I'm gonna say it you're a loser so anyway Kelly LeClaire and (laughs) Jessica Middlesworth of Heritage Style are with us and okay both of you just real quick I don't care who goes first um tell us like about yourself where you're from what you showed uh, colleges, yada, yada. So, um, I'll go first. Uh, I am Kelly LeClaire. I am from Waxahachie, Texas. Was a little town. It's kind of more of a suburb now, south of Dallas. I grew up, started showing hogs, real bad hogs. <laughs> I kind of transitioned into showing sheep. I had a really, really good ag teacher, Zach Blunt, that kind of took me under his wing. Um, I think he saw some potential in me and just really helped me kind of go places that I didn't even know were places. <laughs> so that was cool. But um, yeah, I grew up from an ag background, but it definitely wasn't our livelihood. My dad drove a truck and we had just a handful of just hobby cattle really so I I grew up in the in the ag world but it definitely wasn't in the sector that I'm in now when Zach Blunt came into my life he kind of taught me to think big and dream big and he was the one that actually put Texas Tech into my head he was a tech grad and he he was the one that kind of gave me the confidence to think that I was actually even good enough to go to a school of that caliber so from High school, I went to tech. I got my undergrad and master's both at tech. And if you know me at all, you know that I am diehard Red Raider. So 
Um, yeah, from there, I had several jobs in West Texas and now I'm in Wyoming. Okay. So I am Jessica Middlesworth. I am from a small town in like Southeastern Wyoming, uh, Torrington, Wyoming. I grew up on a registered Hereford ranch. My dad is a rancher and my sister and I showed competitively my whole life, our whole lives. Um, so we showed Hereford cattle. We're really involved with the Hereford Association, both on the junior board, that type of stuff. Um, I also showed a few black ones, little different colored ones, um, but not very competitive, just county I fair, never state even fair knew stuff. That. Honey, your husband is the one who sold me these cows, but <laughs> we'll get did. into that later. <laughs> um, also so, showed some, just a couple goats here and there, some sheep. Uh, a horse one time, just kind of jack of all trades. Not sure I was really good at it or not. Um, so after, right, very ranchy Wyoming thing. Um, after uh, high school, I went to Butler Community College in El Dorado, Kansas. Um, I was on the livestock judging team there. And then I went and finished my undergrad at OSU. And um, now I'm back getting my master's. So that's a little bit about me. So Obviously, I have to just say gigum, Kelly, because, you know, I go to A&M, but I can't. I know. I know. But both very, very like good schools. And thank God y'all are in the SEC now. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> yeah. I want to talk about both of you because like um, and we'll get into like how Heritage Style came about and stuff like that. But I want to talk about like this point in your life, um, Jess, with you about being done with college, Kelly, when you finished up college, like that awkward phase of like careers, like what are you going to do? And I know we talked about it with Kirby, but I think it's good to have like all kind of different perspectives. Like what's your best advice? What's something you guys struggle with? Just anything like that, like this transition period or Kelly was your transition period, what you went through, just stuff of that nature. Yeah. So, um, it's, it's funny. I, <laughs> it, not to echo Kirby too much because I think that what she said was spot on about not being too good to do anything, especially when you don't have any ex experience. So when I was a freshman, uh, my judging coach, who already had a job lined up to be a cattle buyer, he offered me a job when I graduated college and said, you know, hey, you want to come work for me when you, when you graduate school, I'll pay you $40,000 a year. And I laughed at him. I thought, no way. I am not working for any less than 60. Nice try, Travis. That was his name, Travis Harris. And uh, I look back now, and not only was I not worth 60, I wasn't worth 40. I really wasn't worth anything because, I mean, I, I finished school and I was very well educated, but I had zero experience. And for me, that is so much more valuable than an education. I realize that now. But um, yeah, the transition's hard because one, like, I don't think it's realistic, even as an 18 year old, 22 year old, I mean, however old you are to know what you want to do for the next 50 years, you know, like there's so much pressure on what do you want to be when you grow up? And what do you want to do? Like, I, I, I don't know. I thought I knew, but if you would have told me then that I was going to sell jewelry for a living and, and be living in central Wyoming, I would have said, you mixed up somebody's paperwork. Like that's just not. So I think kind of with the transition, like you kind of just have to let it happen. Right. So 
Jenna, I don't know if you were wanting to go here, but like I had like all of these jobs, right. That really led me to what I'm doing now, but I didn't even know it at the time. Like I started out in high school as a waitress and I loved it. Like I loved interacting with people. And then in college, I worked at a teaching salon, which sounds like, like a sorority girl college job. And it kind of was, but I loved it because we sold tanning packages and it was commission-based. So I learned one, like I was good at selling things and I liked selling things and I liked the idea of commission, like you're compensating, compensated on how hard you work. So I really liked that. And then out of college, I worked for a um, marketing firm, which was, it, it was on Corvisions. I'm sure a lot of y'all are familiar with it. Um, it was really focused towards um, livestock producers. And while I learned a lot about like, obviously marketing and branding and things like that, I learned a lot about running a small business. Um, and I was kind of like sponging that information and I didn't even realize it at the time, you know? And then after that, I worked for, uh, I managed an apartment complex was, it was like the shittiest job ever. I hated it. I was not good at it, but I learned a lot about like corporate America sales tactics. Um, I learned I wasn't good at managing people. And then I worked for Fastline. I was a sales rep for them. I loved it. I had no intention of quitting. Um, but we, we can talk about that later. But yeah, so I think the transition is hard. And I think that we put so much pressure on, you need to have everything lined out and you need to have all the answers and you need to check your boxes. And it's just not realistic, you know? I agree with that because I think it's such this like persona that, and I think I, I talked about it before, but like that when you graduate and even I feel myself like getting nervous, like, okay, what internship am I going to have to set me up for this job that I'm going to be at? and make X amount of dollars. Like, it's not going to happen. Like we get this in our head that we got to have this step and this step. And that's just not realistic. Um, you got to kind of fall on your ass sometimes before you, yeah, you learn more from failing than you do from succeeding. Exactly. I, and I, I'm like the world's biggest planner. So I think I, I can totally relate to that. Just, you know, and I'm still trying to learn every day to just try to figure out how to just go with life and whatever path it takes me, but being a planner and trying to keep everything organized. And like you said, checking boxes, like I felt like I was supposed to, you know, do certain things at certain points in my life and at certain ages, because that's what the women did before me. And that's just not realistic. So I I can really relate to that. And I'm more like Maddie on the terms of, I went into college knowing like, Oh, I'm going to, become this. And four years later, I did not become that. And I ended up going home and spending a year at home trying to kind of figure out what I wanted to do in life. And so like we said, it's just, you know, you have to just do things what you think is right for yourself and learn from there. And it will take you to what your purpose is and what you know, you're what you really want to do and what you're good at. Um, but like Kelly said, it, you know, it takes a while and I'm 24 years old finishing up my master's, you know, and sometimes I still feel like I'm in that transition in that little area of my life where I'm like, huh, what am I going to do? So it really, you know, it, we, like you said, we harbor on, we have to know what we want to do at such an early age, but really, I mean, we have our whole life to figure it out. Yeah. And I, I mean, I completely agree with all that. And I think that that's something to remember, especially for girls our age. And I mean, hell, I even 
still had this little plan in my mind in high school and junior high. So I guess it's not just people my age either, because I felt like I needed to be a certain way and do a certain thing by a certain age. I mean, it just felt like that was something that I needed to do. So um, next, I think we're going to move on to the foundation of heritage style, how it got started, the first pieces that you bought, and just the steps that it took to build the empire that you're sitting on right now. Um, well, so it's funny. Um, it's just it's kind of it's kind of surreal, right? Um, but the I'll never forget the first piece that I bought was this wooden bolo. Um, Claire Volk bought bought it. It's it's funny the things that you remember. And then the first piece that I sold was um, this two stone turquoise ring size seven. I named it Kate and my best friend Micah bought it. So she wanted to be the, you know, the first customer. Um, so that, that was cool, you know, and I, I bought then very differently than I buy now. Um, obviously, and part of, I don't know, I, there's a lot of reasons for that. But, you know, when I started it, I really had no intention of it being my career. You know, I, to be honest, I was looking for a hobby. Um, I was at a point, I was, I don't know how old, 27, 28, 27. And I was kind of at the point that going to the bar four nights a week wasn't fun or so socially acceptable. Um, I wasn't in a place where I was ready to have kids. Like I just like, I needed a hobby. So um, I started it with no intention of quitting my job. Like, like I mentioned earlier, I was a sales rep for Fastline. I loved it. I was good at it. Um, it was it was it was perfect for me. Um, and I got to call in tractor dealers all day every day. It was it was awesome. But some personal things happened, and we found out that we were eventually going to be moving to Wyoming. Um, so obviously, I lost my job as a sales rep in the West Texas territory. And it was kind of fight or flight. Like it went from a hobby and, you know, making some extra money to holy shit. Like I got to do this to make my car payment, you know, like, and it's, it, I, I really do believe in fight or flight and I, and like, God doesn't bring you anything that you can't handle. I'm going to try really hard not to get emotional, but I, I think that even if you do Callie join join the club I cry nearly every episode and have to text Jenna like hey can you take over because I am sobbing okay. hysterically in okay. the bathroom so Good. just just let loose Good. you're among friends so we we moved to Wyoming and I was prepared for it being cold and snowing and being away from my friends and family right like I was prepared for those types of things but there was a lot of things that were thrown at me that I wasn't prepared for. I, I looked, I looked different. I dressed different. I acted different. I talked different. My, the, the culture in general is different. And, you know, people move all the time and that sounds so small, like, you know, like champagne problems. Right. But it, it was so difficult for me. And there were many, many days when I was just trying to make it through the day, you know, um, there was, there was a, a time that, um, we, we were at some kind of fundraiser. I don't know what it was. Some, some, something or other. Anyway, um, there was an older gentleman there that I had kind of made buddies with. 
he's retired. He used to own the local pharmacy. So we're just kind of small talking. And he mentions this, this club that is geared towards small business owners, local entrepreneurs, that kind of deal. And I thought, Hey, like this is perfect for me, right? You know, like this is like an opportunity for me to get involved in the community and I can really, you know, like try to make Lander my home because something else that I really wasn't prepared for was I, I wasn't going to have a place of work. I wasn't really, you know, like I, I couldn't make work friends or I didn't make, you know, like PTA meeting friends or whatever. So I really was struggling with, you know, meeting people. So we're talking and, and, I, I, and, I, and I tell this gentleman, I was like, well, when, when are the meetings? I'd love, I'd love to do this. This is right up Maui. And he kind of, he laughed at me among like other people that were kind of standing in our little circle. And, you know, I just kind of played it off. And I said, well, what's so funny? And he said, well, it's just for guys. It's just for men, Kelly. And it sounds so small, right? And it is small. Like, it is small. But I was so embarrassed. And it was just like the the idea of like something else that I wasn't familiar with and something else that I looked foolish, you know, because I just didn't know any better. Um, so to, to, to tie back, like heritage style was like my saving grace. Like I completely immersed myself in my business and that was my constant, you know, that was the only thing that remained the same through moving. It got me through it. And God knew what he was doing when he helped me create it whenever we were still in West Texas. But it, I, I, I feel very secure in saying that I would not have been able to make it through this transition had it not been for me being able to stay focused on that. Well, first of all, I hope that whoever this gentleman is, you know, since it's a women's podcast, I doubt that he'll listen. But <laughs> in the case, in the case that he does, I hope he realizes what a mistake he made because he effed with the wrong bitch. So well, and he didn't even mean it. He didn't mean and I, it mean. You know what I mean? It was just, well, duh. It's just a men's club. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't even, it was just so like, well, everybody knows that, you know, you know what I mean? It was just. Yeah. And we talked with this about like with Blaine last week and it's just amazing how society just sort of makes those quote unquote norms, you know, and especially with, you know, being new and moving somewhere new. I can't imagine going through something like that, but I, just like you said, you wouldn't be the person you are if it weren't for situations like that. And, totally. you know, I just applaud you for still moving forward because a situation like that could very easily put you down and put you down for a while. Yeah. And even that, like, I think that we all can relate to just a time in our life, like whether it's a heritage style, a business, whether it's a text message, just something that just actually just saves you. Um, yeah. Looking back at it, yes. what saved me was Houston getting canceled um, and judging, having to come to a halt and me having to go back home and, and not to talk about me because this is about you guys, but I think we all, you know, in the time it sucks and like, but looking back, like, I mean, it's just, you get emotional. And like, I was, had chills when you were talking about it because I just know that there's a lot of people 
who have kind of that sentimental place for something in their heart because it saved them from a very dark place. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that, you know, you've brought beauty into something that was once very hard for you, but let's Jess, how did you get involved in it? Let's talk about something fun, I guess. <laughs> well, this, yeah, I was going to say, this is not very sentimental. My story of how I came to be part of heritage style. Um, but I had just graduated, um, from my undergrad at OSU and, um, you know, heritage style was really just getting and going. And I had noticed, um, right before her for junior nationals, so it would have been my last year nationals, um, that Kelly had kind of talked about going to the NFR and, um, she was going to have a booth there and kind of a backstory, um, I, well, my Herschel, Kelly's husband and my sister showed against each other. And so like, we all grew up with each other. It was kind of like Herschel was my big brother. He'd be always be at the house at some point in time during the summer. Um, That's who I bought all my other colored calves from. Like we knew each other really well anyways. And so my mother, she pushes me towards a bunch of things in life. You know how mothers are. She uh, found out that Kelly was going to the NFR and she's like, you should see if she'll have an intern. And I was like, oh, that'd be cool. But I don't know. And she's like, no, you really should just talk to her at Hereford Junior Nationals. You know, we'll go up and talk to her and just throw the idea out there. So we go to Hereford Junior Nationals and we talk and I bring the idea up to Kelly and she's like, oh, yeah, that's really good. You know, I think that will work. So that's kind of how I came on. and. You know, it's, it's crazy to think that that was like almost three years ago and, um, that like we're, I mean, it's us too and she's become my person and it's just, you know, it, it's crazy how one little thing that my mother pushed me into, you know, just interning at the national finals rodeo has become this amazing ride for me. Um, you know, going to different places and it's not only, you know, just selling the jewelry, but meeting all these new people and having all the adventures with Kelly and our heritage squad. Like, it's truly amazing. And I'm so blessed that God, you know, put that in my life and that he put Kelly and all those other people in my life also. And it's kind of funny because, you know, not only are we best friends, but we get mistaken as I'm either Herschel's sister or Kelly and Herschel's daughter. So <laughs> that's always fun, but. But it's, uh, uh, but I don't, I don't want to take away from how Jessica came on board because what she left out of the story is I had put out an application for an intern at Herford Junior Nationals that year and nobody could follow the, the freaking instructions to even apply correctly. And so I didn't end up hiring anybody. And I was so impressed that Jessica, for lack of a better word, had the balls to walk up and say, hey, I'm Jessica Middlesworth. These are my ideas. This is how I feel like I can value you. Do you you want to hire me? You know, because I feel like so many young people just want to do everything behind a screen. And I was so impressed that she just walked right up and asked for what she wanted. That's, that's pretty incredible. And I think that that story is so inspiring for other people just, and, you know, just a shout out to all of our moms. I feel, you know, I think we all can collectively say that moms really do know best a lot of the time. And (laughs) no, they really do. 
Yeah. And just to lead into an experience like that, that's so life-changing for you. I just, I think that it's just a blessing in disguise and just to talk about Mm -hmm. God's plan. I mean, just like we talked about earlier, although that might not, you know, let's say 10 years down the road, would you have ever imagined that this would be what you were doing? Probably not. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, just to be able to have an experience like that and for you two to share it together, that's, that's so awesome to see and that you've, you know, became friends throughout all of it. I I think that that's Mm -hmm. awesome because I know that, you know, some people who own, let's say, businesses together, I know that it can put a lot of strain on friendships. And I know that it can be difficult. And there's not always, you know, every day is not super easy. So to be able to withstand that and stand by one another, that's, that's pretty badass. Yeah, well, and it's we're homies. Crazy. Yeah, we are. And it's crazy because we are quite opposite of each other. And yes. our like us being opposite though really works in terms of like marketing Mm -hmm. ideas and Mm -hmm. other like other things because we throw our different ideas at each other and we combine them and we turn it into something incredible and so that our work styles are really doesn't happen right and that really doesn't happen in life you know when you have people who are two polar opposites um get along so well so Yeah. And my, you know, back to talking about my mom, she always told me that like opposites attract because her and my dad are, I mean, absolute opposites. And the same, the same is kind of with Jenna and I, we couldn't be more opposite. I mean, I couldn't probably think of any more two opposite people like out in public. I'm the one that like keeps our friendship in line. Like I keep watching, I watch TikToks a lot, sorry. But there's, there's always those TikToks. It's like, I ain't never met two well-behaved best friends. Yeah. I'm the one who usually pretty is- best friends, asshole. Cause that's one. Thing. No, no. I was, I was talking about the well-behaved because I usually I'm in trouble or making a scene. Yeah. So we work, to, we work together very well because she gets us in trouble and I try to get us out of trouble. Yeah. It's like yin and yang, you know, like same, like I'm so unorganized and just is like, hang on, you go like chase squirrels Kelly and I'm going to organize the last project <laughs> that you half-ass left and it's perfect so this is about like the end I know it's not on the outline or anything like that but I'm very curious so I want to talk about like the trade shows like the work that you have to do you two have to do behind the scenes like because I know NFR had to be like a lot so the first year we went I re I strictly remember um I went up the night before to lander the night before um the trailer had left to go to vegas and i think we sat and drank like probably two bottles of wine and tagged endless amount of jewelry just you know trying to get it all organized and i think i remember at like two o'clock in the morning looking up at kelly and i was like dear god like you know, like, gosh, I hope this works out for us because this is like so, you know, time consuming and stuff like that. But like, so the work to put into it and getting packed and stuff is crazy. And Kelly had to do it without me last year. So, you know, I praise her for doing that. Um, And, you know, even to these other shows and stuff, she has to do it by herself while I'm still in school. But like it, you know, it truly is, crazy at first and you're like oh my gosh like I don't think I have everything done or ready yada yada it's just like packing for 
you know, any type of livestock show. Um, but then like, once you get the hang of it and we get, we know how to pack the trailer, you know, we know where to put stuff. Jess it's knows just how like to pack a boom, the trailer boom, boom type thing. <laughs> and so, you know, like the NFR our first year, it was, it was quite, you know, like it wasn't a challenge, but it was just a good first experience, um, for us, I felt like, and I'm sure Kelly, you feel the same way. Yeah. So I don't know, like. Yeah, I mean, like for street, awesome, right? Like you get to say that you've done the NFR, but the amount of time and uh, the monetary investment is so astronomical. Um, I, I, I don't want to downplay how cool it, how cool it was because it's fun. Now, let me tell you, being in Las Vegas for three days and being in Las Vegas for 15 is very different. Um, I think that's what was probably the most trying for me is like by like day eight you're done you know it's hard but um and this is probably not anything the answer you're looking for Jenna but for me the hardest part of it is to try to keep it straight because you got to think about too it's your busiest time of year online everybody's Christmas shopping men are pissed off at you because it's your fault that they waited to the last minute to Christmas shop and so you're trying to handle web orders, you're trying to handle online marketing, you're trying to handle keeping the website up to date, and you're trying to also be present at this booth at the NFR that you've put your blood, sweat, and tears into for the last six months, right? So that part was probably the biggest surprise for me once I got there, like trying to keep all the balls in the air, you know what I mean? And just like we did a, like we, we, like by, I don't know, what was it just like day three, maybe like we would get to the booth, like two hours before it would open. We would fill all web orders. We would try to take off stuff off the site. So you kind of get into a groove, but it's, it's just a, it's a lot, right? I mean, it, it was, it was, it's awesome. And I'm so glad that we did it, but um, it, it was just a lot to keep, you know, it was a lot, but 15 days in Vegas, you know, you, you get some wild experiences under your belt and you have a bunch of fun times. So, okay. I've got to tell this story. I was this just going to pissed at me. <laughs> Should I tell it? Okay. What are, what are we telling? Okay. Well, we're going to find out. So we, I don't know if this was last year or two years ago, but like you Uber everywhere. Right. And we stayed, <laughs> we stayed, uh, downtown because that's where the trade show was was downtown and so honestly we didn't we didn't go to the strip very often like maybe like three times total I mean we did we really didn't go to the strip like after you've been working all day like you ain't trying to go party so uh just so we were I think we were already on the strip I don't remember where we were we were we were all getting a cab to go somewhere there was kind of a crew of us and Jess like screams like hey guys this this uber driver is gonna turn the meter off and all i have to do is pay him 20 bucks and he's gonna take us where we want to go and i was like are you freaking kidding me jessica <laughs> so you're gonna let this stranger in las vegas nevada just scoop you up in his unmarked car and turn the meter off and you're gonna pay him 20 dollars Rule number one in life, do not do that ever again. And she would just could not understand why I was so pissed off at her that day. Okay, but, but in other contexts, 
I mean, obviously, gosh, I'm not, I'm hoping mothers aren't listening to this or my own mother. Man, she'd kill me for this. Um, I didn't even think about Kelly, that. Marsha would be pissed. You, yeah, you you were with me the whole time. You know, we had there was like five of us, so you know, I, I didn't figure this guy was gonna kidnap all five of us. Um, <laughs> and we got our ride. Like I threw like I don't even think. I threw a 20 at him I think I threw a five dollar bill at him and that we got out of the car and we deuced out you know it's just I one didn't of those do that things no I, I like, didn't go <laughs> I feel like maybe at this and, point your mom your mom might be regretting her decision for you to go talk to Kelly oh yeah for sure I think it, it, might, it might have been after the rodeo or so. it was some 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 situation where we couldn't get an uber and just just thought she was coming to save the day I mean, but I really That's did, though, in the end. I mean, we're safe. We're sound. I mean, it's all good now. Yeah, thank you. It sounds like Jenna's, <laughs> Jenna and I's experiences in College Station. I think one night we rode home in the bed of a truck, like, 10 miles to get home. <laughs> uh, sort of, yeah. I, I, don't, I, I don't know the person. And then the kid that was in the back with us was puking, and it was sliding all over the vehicle. And I was so mad. I think I... I I've never been so mad at Jenna, I don't think. My fault. <laughs> well, I feel like we very easily could have opted to pay for the Uber. And instead, we hopped in the back of this rando's pickup in the, the bed of his truck, like Preach, going down Maddie. an interstate. Preach. I get yeah. it. Any, anyways, yeah. Making mem. United Harvest procures the finest meats from the finest ranchers, farmers, and butchers. Many of you know the difference between farm-raised and store-bought meat. Having eaten those meats, I can guarantee you that they are the most superior steaks you'll ever eat. By offering the highest quality ag products directly to consumers, United Harvest is able to both bypass middlemen, pushing profits back to the American farmer and rancher, and providing the highest quality meats to you. No coal cows here. Please go to unitedharvest.com and type in the discount code FRIENDS15 to enjoy 15% off your first order. That's friends 15. Ladies and gentlemen, these are premium cuts of meat with the company paying nearly twice the market price to cattlemen for their finest cattle. You will not be disappointed. Okay, Kelly, and Jess, go into kind of like how you feel your role, um, you know, being like a different business that's involved in the livestock industry, but not like directly involved. You don't sell show supplies, you sell jewelry, kind of your connections, your customer base, stuff like that. So, um, initially when the whole thing started, that was not my intention. Um, I was more, I don't know, focused for lack of a better word on like the Western fashion and the rodeo shit that all you see on, uh, Instagram and how you're supposed to do it and how you're supposed to promote it and the hashtags and all that kind of stuff. And it didn't take me very long to realize that that it was just unrealistic for lack of a better word. And so I have to say it, it was really unintentional and it was really natural. Um, it was almost like when I let it go the direction that it was naturally supposed to go that's where it went. And it makes sense, right? Because that's where I was. And that's where my heart was. And that's where a lot of the people that wanted to support me were. Um, but I can't take enough credit by saying 
this was the vision from 2016 and look at it now because it, it, it wasn't. But I don't know. I think it's important to have a vision and I think it's important to kind of have a focus on where you want to go. But I also think that it's important to let it naturally transpire into what it is going to be, you know, and that's kind of what happened. And it's awesome because, you know, I kind of touched on it in the beginning, but I grew up like no name, like nobody knew who I was. Um, the best I did was 10th at Houston. And that was awesome for me. Like that was huge. Um, so it really, it was just, it's kind of funny how it just naturally happened. But like I said, like I, I was at a lot of shows, you know, when I worked for Encore, I met a lot of people through that avenue as well. But it, it's, it just kind of, I don't know. It's funny. It's funny how things just kind of naturally progress when you let them. Cause you were like these, I, I just, you were like the staple jewelry provider for us in the livestock industry. That's like, if I'm going to buy something, I go online and I go to I might steal that slogan, the staple jewelry provider. Oh, I mean, I like that. Are the, you're the founding father. Um, Dear it. Jesus. <laughs> I feel like we're going over on Christopher Columbus days. Jesus, Jenna. <laughs> That's, I think George Nelson. I was born in 88. Relax. <laughs> Sorry. But um, another thing too, like, let I know that we've got some people who have like clothing boutiques like being a small business owner has to be exhausting and I give people a lot of credit so talk about that just owning a small business I know you hit on kind of you didn't realize that you were accumulating like qualities that'll help you run it but what that looks like uh, the stress the positives the negatives stuff like that I think that as cliche as it sounds the number one backbone. I don't care what you're doing. It's just wake up and hustle every day. Like you just got to outwork everybody else. And I think that that's been a big factor in the success that I've been fortunate to have is that I've just flat worked hard. You know, um, I think a lot of that comes from having to, you know, I didn't really have anything to fall back on. I couldn't call my mom or dad and say, Hey, I need some money. I think that that's a lot of it. I think that it's owning your mistakes. Like everybody's going to make mistakes. I make mistakes every single day. But I think it goes a long way to say, hey, I'm sorry. I messed this up. I'll make it right. Or, you know, learn from it, you know, whatever. But I think it's important to be honest and transparent. Own it when you when you messed up. But, you know, I, I hate the stigma. And, you know, Maddie, you've, you've already heard this. Because Maddie and I kind of talked about this in Kansas City a little bit. Like, I don't think that being a small business owner is for everybody. And I don't want that to sound negative because I don't mean it negative at all. I mean, it has like the flexibility and the, you know, your success is 100% up to you. I love, but I hate this stigma that our world has of if you have a real job and you work for the man, then you must not, you, you, you must be some kind of unhappy, right? And I hate that. At the time, it is. I go to bed thinking about orders and customers and the next show and, 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 and I wake up with a shit ton of messages to respond to, you know? So it's awesome. Don't get me wrong, but it's not for everybody and that's okay. And I just, I don't like how our society is 
cramming, you don't want to work for anybody down people's throats, you know? I know that like maybe one thing, it sounds super glamorous, um, but like, could you just give us some statistics on like, maybe if you could quote like an amount of messages that you get in a day, for example, or how many packages you might send out over a live sale? Oh dear God. I don't know. Just those um, like the amount. <laughs> yeah. I was going <laughs> to, the amount of message or Instagram or Facebook or just messages in general, like there'll be points where Kelly's like, here, take care of this. And I could be on the phone for a good hour and a half, just trying to answer each Instagram message that gets sent to her. It is astronomical. The amount of people who every day are just blowing up her phone. That's what I think so amazing is like, I know that it's like your life and you've built this. And I know that you have to love it so much because if I woke up every day to 75 to 150 DMs, I would be like, get bent. All of you figure yeah. it out. It's like, it's kind of overwhelming. Yeah. I'll tell you the best thing I did. And I, I hesitate on saying this because there's a very fine line, right? But the best thing I did was about a year ago, maybe I set this deal up on my phone, which I'm sure everybody that's halfway tech savvy already knows about this. But um, I put my phone on, do, it automatically goes on do not disturb at either nine or 10 every night. And it doesn't go off of do not disturb until nine o'clock in the morning. So I don't, because I mean, I was getting woken up, especially on Tuesday nights. I was getting woken up all night long. and my type A personality, like I felt like I needed to read it right then. Like I couldn't just let it sit there. And that has been a game changer. Like as stupid as it sounds, maybe like I, I wasn't even sleeping through the night, you know what I mean? So, but I, I hesitate in saying that because if you, if you want it to be great, you have to, you can't shut it off at five, you know? And and people shop when they get off work, right? I mean, like, Maddie, like, you're a perfect example. Like, you're working till five. You're not shopping in the middle of the day. And so you have to you have to be cognizant of being available when your customers are, are available. It, it, there, it's a real, real fine line. And, like, in talking about that, how do you just, from having my mom sell clothing, I know a little bit. So how do you deal with those customers that, aren't really willing to give you that space or those customers who aren't always happy and just like dealing with that every day. Cause I know that with her, there's at least one person every single day that isn't happy about one thing or another, whether it's the product that they were given or the service that they were given or just about life in general that they take out on my mom, just because she so happened mm -hmm. to be the last person that they talked to. Again, I, I say this very cautiously because I don't want it to come off snotty or anything like that. I don't mean it that way at all, but in, no matter what you're selling, whether it's jewelry or couches or show pigs or whatever, not everybody's your customer and that's okay. And it's hard especially when you're in a commodity-based business like mine, it's hard to accept that. And it's hard to re keep remembering that. Just can echo this. Like, it's funny because the quote, best customers, the customers as I see as my best customers. And that's, you, you can look at that in, you know, different ways you want to define best, but 
they're, they're easy. They're happy, but you know, it's like your tribe and your, your core customers, like they get it and they love you and they love the brand, no matter whether it's, you know, Caldwell show cattle or heritage style, you know what I mean? It's, and those are the people that you want in your corner. And those are the people that are in your circle and you don't, it, it, not everybody, it's okay if your circle's a little smaller, but you know, it's genuine. And I think that like starting out, that's really hard to swallow the fact yeah. that like losing just a customer. Um, I know that Kelly and I've gone through that, you know, quite a few times, a couple of years mm-hmm. ago, you know, it's just like, you don't want people upset with you or anything like that, but in yeah. the end it is your tribe and it's the people you always like, we always know that you know, we have people that will always have our back and still buy our stuff. And in the end, that's what's the most important. Okay. Before we finish this up, um, I just want you guys' opinions on women supporting women, um, specifically women who don't have the same ideas as you, um, kind of just that whole topic. Cause it's kind of current not going to get into how it's current, Maddie, but um want to talk about that. Okay. Uh, just uh, hold on real quick. Jenna, just as an FYI, I've not been hating on anything. Jenna just tried to make this a history lesson. So <laughs> I was a little confused. <laughs> Moving on, <Story>. Kelly. <laughs> I said history. Yes. Okay. Kelly, fire at it. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's no secret that Jessica and I have really tried to make Heritage Style way bigger than selling jewelry. Uh, And I should say bigger, deeper, deeper than selling jewelry, right? It should, like, the vision is, and I'm sure most of y'all already know this, so, uh, but it's totally like you feeling good, you feeling comfortable in your own skin, and that's, And I think that ties in really closely with the women supporting women, right? Like, and, and men for that matter, just people supporting people, you know, like, I think that we can be different. You know, we talked about how I wasn't as closely related into the livestock industry. And here I am at every cow show in the country. Um, I think it's just like being decent people to each other and supporting each other and giving each other a simple compliment. Like, Hey girl, your hair looks cute today or whatever. Like just like that goes a long way with people. Like I love, I, well, I shouldn't say everybody loves being complimented. Everybody loves to be made feel good, you know, and it's so simple for us to do for each other. And we just, we, we, like, we need more of it. It's like, I know that's, I mean, I'm not to get all like, preachy and everything, but it's so simple. Why not? You know, I agree with Kelly on that one. It's just, you know, we're all trying to make it in life. And so, you know, there's no reason to put each other down just because we have different interests or or something like that. You know, we're all, especially in the small business industry, we're just all trying to make it. And, you know, we all do different things and to support one another really gives you hope in the end. Um, for a good outcome and for good success. Um, And so I think that supporting each other, you know, and especially, you know, we have that a lot in the livestock industry and you see more and more of it today. Um, You know, we're just trying to be good humans and to build up one another. And, you know, like to kind of like echo Jess, 
there's enough business to go around too, you know, like no matter whether it's jewelry or stock or clothes or whatever, like just because somebody buys from XYZ doesn't mean that they're not going to spend the same amount of money with you. You know what I mean? It's just, I, I don't know about y'all. Like I have like 8,000 tops in my closet and next week I'm probably going to buy another one. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it, it, it's just being genuine and being nice. It's just, it, and it makes you feel good. You know, the, the older I get, the more it makes me happy to make other women feel pretty to make other women feel happy or to feel like they're a part of something like it's that's that's what it's all about right I mean it's I don't know I think it's 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 simpler than what people make it out to be being kind being nice every day and just trying to make each other's days and make each other you know flourish make each other flourish yeah yeah everybody can win I love it this has been really fun Wow. We should do this more often. Maybe you guys should take over the podcast, but except um, next time I'm not going to sit in the crown plaza restroom in the large stall. So I can't can believe that there hasn't been people in and out. Oh, well, I'm, I'm at the conference room side because I oh. moved in after, after they were deep cleaning the carpets. And <laughs> so I came in here and not a single person has came in. So A plus to you, Crown Plaza, for keeping a plethora of bathrooms open so people don't have to disturb me in this one. Why didn't you just go up to your room? I didn't go back up to my room because of the fact that I've got a bunch of crazy ass siblings that we have a couple of connecting rooms and I can hear them even with the door shut. And I knew that you guys wouldn't want to hear their bickering the entire time. So trust me, this is a blessing for me to come down into the quiet. You're enjoying yourself in the large stall. Hmm. Yes, I am. I, I know it's so, yeah. so luxurious. This, we are so thankful for you guys to come on. Um, this has been an awesome episode. You heard it here. Go shop at Heritage Style. Christmas is coming. You don't be ugly. Look cute. You know, what's the thing? What did I say that one time? If your face is ugly, at least your necklaces can be cute. Don't tuck your jeans into your boots. That's also it. If you're going <laughs> to... Yeah, we have something. Well, you, you... Yeah, we have, a, we have a couple of mottos. Like, what, what was it the first time that you said something about, like, since all of us have ugly faces like slap a necklace on and be pretty or something like that. I was like, Oh my God, Jenna, you did not just say that. You just got to talk about empowering women. And I'm like, you guys are ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Until next week. Who is next week? Can you tell me? Uh, Ooh. It's a secret. Bye guys. Are you tired of being ugly? Are you tired of wearing boring clothes? Did you finally throw away your rock revitals? Well, head over to the Stock Market Boutique. You will get new jeans. Thank Jesus, okay? And they're flare, so you can't tuck them into your boots, which we're excited about. And then you'll put a cute shirt on, and you'll just be ready to go. That's the Stock Market Boutique. And then you're going to go, and you're going to use the code TKP10, the Keeper Pen 10 abbreviated, obviously. And you're going to get 10% off your order. And then you're going to wear it around. And you're going to tag us in your pictures. And we're going to just hype you up like we always do. And you won't be ugly anymore. Mm Mm-hmm.
Mm-hmm. Check it out. And that's the T, sis. And that's the T. <laughs>